0: Probably none of you are here for nothing, but hopefully that's what you're going to get. <laughs> There's nothing. Most people don't go anywhere for nothing. <laughs> but, but that's the beauty of it. If you could be left sort of uh, without anything and just on the basic uh, condition, something that doesn't seem obvious would reveal itself to be obvious. Yeah? There would be a sense of onness, and it's inescapable. No matter what you see, if it's something you don't want to see or you see or you wish you didn't see, there was always the seeing that brought it about yeah in other words, there's a certain prerequisite to what's going on here, which is the onness or let's say the seeing or the awareness and most of our attention is on what what the mind's aware of yeah. and that's how it gets a little bit. Diluted, and you, and then the attention and interest strays from, from the center, which is the seeing, and gets caught up in the scene. Yeah, and as soon as it gets caught up in the scene, it turns into it in a way a form of looking. You're not seeing anymore. Yeah, there's a one form that most people seem to be under, which is self-centeredness. So that's like a form of mind. So that, that form of looking. Prevents you from the sense of the seeing, yeah, because the emphasis isn't on the seeing at that point. It's on who who's looking and what's being looked at, yeah. So there's an event called seeing that includes this, the the seeming seer and the seeming seen but the mental attention usually goes to what's seen or the seer. It doesn't really uh, lay on or attend to the seeing, and the seeing is really the the quote unquote solution to what the dilemma of being the seer and what seeing brings about, yeah? But see, the seeing is never gone to as the solution because when the seeing is approached by the seer, that ain't the seeing, yeah? When the the seeing is approached by the seer, it's been made into, let's say, like an object to the seer. And so, or it's made into something, if you want to call it that. And so you can't recognize nothing when you see it as something. So you won't even know what you have in a sense because you're attempting to have it, and it, that's a step past the point of being it. Yeah, and once you are, once the mind takes itself to be this, then it's all about having. Yeah? It can never, uh, it already supposes there's a being which is this, this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and therefore even the idea of being becomes a something to it to have. Yeah. Like, I need a little more being in my life. I've got, like, the idea of wanting to get into the moment more. Or believing that you're out of the moment. Yeah. So there's a, there's a desire to have the sense of being in the moment. Yet, what you are is the moment. Yeah. You are the basic principle of what this moment is. The awareness. So you can never have what you are. So the only way you can suppose to have... <coughs> What you are is by being what you're not, yeah? So the the uh, identification with this idea causes a blindness in a way. And there's all the forms of blindness appear to be a form of looking, you know, like Buddhism and Kabbalah and all these forms of Christianity. They're all forms of looking, but they're inherently blind to the seeing, yeah? Because the, it's a set-up formula. formula. <coughs> there's the, <coughs> the seer and the seen. It's already thrust into subject-object. And two is never going to become one. It can't. It can't fit into one. It's too big. Yeah. There's too many of them. So there's two trying to get into one. The, the sense of oneness is when you realize there is no twoness. That's it. So... And if in that direction, the having is given up, and then the, uh, what you call getting nothing would be the sense of being, yeah? because it's already always been so, but you never were uh, attending to it because the mind had already been formatted into subject-object. Yes, And so the truth now has to be an object to you when you're the subject. We're not trying to find the right object to sort of dwell on. We're just questioning the subjectivity. Yeah? Are you the subjectivity? Are you doing awareness? Is this thing what's aware? Is awareness an activity that I am doing and therefore I cannot do? And therefore if I'm doing it, I can become really aware or I can, if I don't do it that much, I'll be really unaware. And that's a feeling that a lot of people travel with, but it's not true because it's based on a fundamental flaw, which is nothing has been made into something. It's separated. It's the mind has taken nothing and made it into two. And now it wants to have the, what it believes would be the relief of oneness, but two-ness can't become one. It's just recognizing there's no two-ness. That's the oneness. And it's not having it. Therefore, you can't lose it. It's just being. And it's not personal. It's the overriding sense here is onness. It overrides all the who's and all the what's and all the what ifs and the should have. all that stuff is always overridden by onness, yeah. And I have nothing really to do with it, in a sense as a you. Yeah? I'm way down the po- I'm way down the production line from the onness, yeah. So to have the feeling of being what you're not, that idea has to be reinforced quite a lot. Because the natural state would would, uh, override the phantom appearance, unless the phantom appearance is quite busy and has your interest and attention. If your interest and attention is in the building and the reinforcement of the idea of being a you, it can pretty much sufficiently cause you to be unconscious about your own nature. Yeah? And you'll actually think you're hyper-conscious about your own nature, but as an object or as a thing you're going to try to get to or acquire. That's not it. That's a conceptual idea of your own nature that's been put out, of, out of, outside yourself and now spiritual paths and journeys become very, very important to arrive at where you already are. This is so immediate. It has nothing to do with time it's just the mind sensing its own nature on this <laughs> it doesn't need to take a path to do that it's, it already is that which it's sensing you know, it doesn't need time to do it because it's a timeless condition and if you ever get a free sample that free sample it may look like it took one second but it can affect your whole life so the the amount of information and download that can ha- happen could not have been produced in time it comes from a timeless let's say modality that doesn't have because here to have more there has to take more time usually yeah if if you if it took this amount of time to get this you got to do more of that time to get more of this but this from timelessness it doesn't take any time it just inserts itself here and that whole linear story gets interrupted, and you get a free sample, or like an epiphany, or a pause. And in that pause, it's revealed. Yeah. When you look at that, when your atten- when your mind's attentive to that, it sees nothing, and that's the original face. Yeah. It sees nothing. It can't. It can't alight on anything. It can't grab it. It can't quantify it. It can't package it. It can't embrace it. It's. It's just. It doesn't have a quality that we're used to when this is the dominant theme. You know, it's not going to be met by the senses. I'm not going to see it. I'm never going to see what's seeing. I'm never going to see it. Yeah. I am never going to hear what's hearing right now. Never. I'm never going to feel what's feeling. I'm never going to taste what's t- tasting. I'm never going to touch what's touching. Yeah. Now, if I take myself to be this, I can smell myself. I can taste myself, I can touch myself, hopefully not right now, but I can touch myself, I can hear myself, and I can see myself, yeah, but what I am, I can't see, hear, feel, taste, or touch, because it's what's seeing, hearing, feeling, so what's seeing cannot be seen, like an old teacher used to say, what's conceiving can't be conceived of, the mind that's conceiving this place can't be conceived of, Yeah. It's the source of the conceiving. The product that's coming from it can't know the source. Yeah. So when you see it as it has nothing to do with you, then whenever the you arises and says, I'm far away from it or I'm close or I'm feeling uncomfortable today and all like that, there's not that... That desire to stick a flag in a certain location and claim this is where I am and this is how I am, is not bought. Your interest in attention does not fuel that little story. It rests in its what comes out of its own nature, which is nothingness. Yeah? Have you ever seen attention? Have you ever seen interest? Have you? Have you? Do you have a certain amount of interest at home? You know, like in the third drawer of your bed, you know, dresser i got a large amount of interest. I'm just waiting to put, put it into something. No, interest and attention is sort of of nothingness. And so it's sources of nothingness. Its source isn't from a thing. Yeah. It's just been, there's been a misidentification and the interest and attention has been wedded to this idea of being a long-lasting independent separate entity. It's sort of like a form of slavery. So that's why when you don't want to be attentive to the thoughts that are going on, you can't seem to help, because the, the interest in attention is almost like bloodhounds. If the mind believes that it's a body, that's the scent the interest in attention has. It just goes to everything, and, it, and it, it's interested in everything that relates to this life as a body. And you're not going to break. You're not going to call off those bloodhounds. Yeah. But if you recognize you are not that then the interest and attention gets a different scent and then instead of stopping at things and bouncing back to a thing it sees but it only sees a thing in a field of seeing and then it goes back into what's seeing yeah. instead of this loop of self-importance which is a thing to a thing a thing to a thing thousands of things to one thing yeah. it goes through and then it, it reinvigorates itself yeah and then you get a sense of bigness, or like uh, like this, like a sky. Your mind is sort of like skylight. like yeah. It's open, it sees what's appearing in it, but it doesn't take itself to be what's appearing in it. Nor does it take itself a thing that those, that things, those things are appearing to. It just doesn't do it anymore. Even though the thing appears, it doesn't take that appearance to be its nature. And therefore you have an immunity to what it's trying to produce, the mind, the conditional mind is trying to produce this story of being a body. There's like relief. Not from anything, just relief. It's like a great tonic. It produces an immunity to what ails people. Like we're sitting here, and I like this little thing with the I, you, and the me. Yeah? So there's the I, and if everyone explain explain what they were doing right now, there'd be I'm seeing you. Yeah, so I'm looking, right? I'm seeing you. That would be the that would be the bare description. I'm not giving you a name yet. I'm just I'm seeing you as an object. Yeah, and everyone where they're sitting, they'd have the same experience. I'm seeing you wherever they were looking at. It, if the you could be a chair or the, the sky or this this. Uh, post, but it would be I'm seeing, yeah. yeah. So everyone here is having the same experience in a way. I'm, the I is seeing these you's. Yes. And from this position, I'm seeing, let's say, for the internet, eighty people. Yeah. So make sure I had a big crowd here. Today. <laughs> I'm seeing eighty people at the at the event. Very backed. Standing room only. And yet if I put eight thousand people in there, it would be the same experience in a way. I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you, 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 you. Yes? No matter how many times I'm seeing, it would be a you. Okay? Now, everyone's experience from that location is this is a you. Yeah? Very clear. No matter how many people were in this room, they'd all have the same experience of looking this way. It would be a you they're seeing. Yeah. This this body. Okay? Very, very clear. Now, what happens when the mental process asks itself the question, well, who is this I that's seeing? It doesn't say, it says it's me. Yeah. And suddenly, this you, which is one out of millions, now becomes a very special me. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only one me. No matter how many people call me a you, I don't hold myself as a you, I hold myself as a me. Yeah. <laughs> which is, the mental process claims the activity of the eye, which is conscious contact, Webs it with the you, yeah almost like making a Frankenstein, and now it becomes a living me, yeah, <laughs> and I remember when I went into this drug and alcohol program i didn 't go in you know like I was visiting, you know I went in because I had to go in <laughs> oh yeah, I was just visiting two year resident programs at drug and alcohol places it sounded like a nice vacation. And and the one I really liked (laughs) was this place called Delancey Street because they took me, really. And uh, I lived there for two years, yeah, 85 to 87. And uh, (laughs) I didn't really like them that much and I didn't like their principals and stuff and I didn't like the the president, the lady. But when I left, I had to admit (coughs) that (coughs) my life looked a lot better with them running it than it ever did with me running it, yeah? Because when they looked at me... They were very. They were never confused. They saw a you, yeah, a drug addict, alcoholic, junkie you, yeah, and they treated the you perfectly the way it needed to be treated. <laughs> now the me took a lot of offense about the treatment, yeah. I thought I was special. I should have an exemption. Don't you understand who I am? <laughs> yeah, it's me here. Yeah, but when I left, I had to realize and admit. That my life looked a lot better with them looking at me as a you than me looking at at this world from a me yeah and I realized the me that's why I was so confused when they first day they saw me in that program they knew exactly what I was as an action figure I'd been confused about it for years Yeah. I can recognize another junkie, but for me, it was very difficult to realize what I was because the me was this incredible field of of denial and confusion and exemption and terminal uniqueness. And I'll tell you, once the me was, and there it was institutionally pushed out of the way, the you thrived, you know, in the institutional setting. I did great in there. And the I was left free from the bondage to the me. Because the I is not bonded to the you. It's bonded to the me. The me is the middleman. Yeah. And so once the me started getting, as when I heard this message and the me started getting uh, de-emphasized, my you did really well. The you has a basic intelligence. It knows sort of things, what to eat, what not to eat. Yeah, it senses things, this and that. Without the static of the me, the you did pretty good. And then the I was left to be what it always has been, which is like free ranging. Yeah. No thing, this, nothing, yet always available at all times. And so the interest and attention, when it was broken from the slavery to self, some went to the body to take care of it, and a lot of it went to the eye. yeah, which is what feeds life. This is what, gives, this is what enriches the experience of being here. Because that is the here. Really, the awareness is the here. It's not what all the appearances in the here. The awareness is the here. If you're not here, it doesn't matter what the here looks like out here. Because you'll be somewhere else in your head. But when your interest and attention is in the here, the here overrides all the particulars of a day. To hear overrides all the particulars of your physical condition. And your mind rests there, and that's the sense of presence. Yeah? Because what you can be guaranteed of, that onness is always present. Yeah? Most people I see the me has 80% of the attention, I'm just making up numbers. And maybe then about 19% goes to the body, and 1% goes to the spirit, but only as something to acquire as the me, to make the me better. Yeah? Really. And so, why? Can, it's so easy to diagnose all the conditions that keep uh, demonstrating themselves here by the basic condition of the interest and attention where it's resting, where it's lying. Yeah? Because that's what illuminates life, is what you're interested and attentive to. Yeah. If you're interested and attentive to this idea of being a me, you're going to live in this vacuum of time and you will never be able to enjoy peace of mind because your mind will have this idea, hey, it won't may not be here tomorrow. Yeah. Time will take your ent- interest and attention and suck it out of the moment and stretch it into time. Yeah. So your interest can't be totally here because you'll be interested in a thought about, hey, what's going to happen next week. Yeah. I see it. People come and they share. Oh, yeah, I can be here right now. It's really beautiful. But what about next week? But what happens when I go to work? This is this is it. The interest and attention alights on the possibility. Ah, but suddenly <clears throat> sucked up and goes in. Oh, it can't be. It won't work at work. Fuck that. No, 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 no. Yeah. To me, is like that vacuum. It sucks up interest and attention, and disperses it into time, and then it pictures the body somewhere else at some other time. That's all it does. And then the mind obsesses over it. Yeah, obsesses over what this could possibly mean to me there then. Yes, and so we're all. Most of us are absorbed. Who knows? I've noticed the mind when I speak with people. Their mind seems to be absorbed in what's not happening. And. That's producing a sense of what's happening now, which is dissatisfying, which is sort of empty, which demands uh relief which is, which produces an imperative to get something better. so the seeking engine's always purring in this moment, but it's not being the the foot that's on the gas pedal pedal is on time it 's of time, yeah. So even if it's nice now, the mind's kicking, but, but always, always pushing. It can only go two ways. It only has two gears, backward, forward, time, future, present, no, past, yes. Yeah. It never stops here. The mind always is moving the tracks. And every track, it's going over the rail of presence, but it overrides it with its, with its obsession with time. Have you ever seen it? When you really, you're here and then the mind is like a, a, a penned up horse ready to go. Yeah, It can't just, it's like, just kicking and just, it can't actually stay here. It, because it's, it's wedded to the idea of what could possibly happen to you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's like the worst living insurance policy you could have ever bought. You know, it's this little system of thoughts constantly thinking about you to ensure your security, which produces what? A sense of ill, Ill- ease and discomfort and irritability now. Yeah. <laughs> so, because we can't be here, we've got to make a Saturday really important or the next trip really important. You know, because somehow it's going to take an outside circumstance to sort of rock me into this present moment. Yeah. And usually once you here, you are thinking about that mythical there, by the time you arrive there, it's a here. Yeah. You go to Hawaii. You're worried about here. You're here. You're worried about not going to Hawaii. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the interest attention just follows it like a car, like a couple of dogs running after a car all day. Why? Because it's taken to be about you as a body. And if that isn't broken, your interest and attention is going to be very difficult to pull away from all this activity. You will be in and of time. The identification as this produces a real strong sense of time. That's what it does. So it's very difficult to enjoy a moment when it's bookended with a past moment and a future moment. We have too much riding upon us about what's going to happen to us. The mind's going to run ahead of this, this moment, not attend to it, and attend to the possibilities about next week or next year or this or that, or go back and compare it with a better moment. If there's, there's no way that activity doesn't get activated when the identification as a, as a self is in place, when the identification as a self is in place, that mental activity is agitated and activated. You can't turn off that with this still on. Yeah, with the identification as self in place, you can't turn off. They've had tons of skillful means over the centuries, mindfulness and everything like that. Who the fuck's been successful? If they were successful, there'd be one retreat and that would be it. Yeah. You would have heard the message once and that was it. You'd be up oh, by. All right, thank you. Yeah. It's an, it's they're all businesses now. This is in and of time. When this is the identification, the mind is in a time frame. Yeah? And its attention and interest is going to travel in that time frame. It's going to be very difficult if, with you sensing you're the, the one that's doing things to suck all that interest and tension and concentrate it only in this moment. There's way too much influence yeah, going on. But if this, this is the anchor of all of that modality, if this is loosened, if you just thought maybe entertain the possibility, I'm not that, maybe entertain the possibility, are these thoughts mine? Am I the one that's producing these thoughts? Who is that I? Or is that sense of being an I a thought in and of itself? Yeah? And as far back as I go, it's still a thought. There can only be a thought about me. Yeah? There's no point where it actually becomes me. The thought and the sense of me is inseparable. Yeah? But what illuminates that activity? What causes those thoughts to have the potency to bother you is interest and attention, yeah? It's the currency of fucking life. If you're not this, and maybe you're a... I don't know what the hell you are, and that doesn't matter, but let's say if you're not this, and the interest and attention is dismissed from this slavery, what does it do? You'll find out. Yeah? Maybe it just disperses and you'll be amazed what you get interested in at the time you're interested in it. Maybe you'll get amazed of where the attention is. Yeah? And yet there's always a sense of its own source when it's attending to things. It doesn't lose its own nature anymore. The emphasis isn't on the thing that's being attentive. It's the attentiveness. Yeah? That's the sense of what I am. That's the manifestation of what I am here. That's what, that's the seeing. The seeing of what I'm not is what I am. All the seeing that ever goes on here is what I am. I'm not going to be something that can be seen. I'm the activity of seeing. Every time I see something, be it a thought, you can call it recognizing a feeling a form of seeing, a body, right? A a vision, a vista, all of those things, the seeing was in there. Without the seeing, none of that, none of that could have been mined into an idea of an experience. The seeing is the basis of all. Would a thought drive you crazy if you weren't attending to it? Would a thought have the ability to quote-unquote drive you crazy if you weren't attentive to it if you weren't interested in it i remember when i do these talks before no matter what condition i was in physically emotionally or mentally i do the talk and for that hour all the effects of those things would be dismissed because my interest and attention would go somewhere else yeah the thing that was totally pressing on me when i was driving over here yeah like a fly, I couldn't swat, yeah? As soon as this situation was presented, there would be none. None. Not one bit of sense of that. Like it never existed, because it never did exist. It can only exist, in a sense, to me with my interest and attention on it, yeah? This message was sufficient to attract my interest and attention to dismiss all the influences other things that had the truly that had all this power to truly affect me as this yeah even if it was just for that hour if something that seems so real wasn't real for an hour guess what it ain't real yeah it's like a pr- <laughs> if something that seems so fucking oppressive isn't oppressing you for an hour and you're not actually doing much then it ain't fucking real yeah You on that one, really, that's <laughs> you know there are so many times in a day when you, the production of you, stops, but what's there? Something continues, yeah. If the attention and interest is on something that stops, and when it stops, there's still an awareness that's continuing, guess what? Are you what was being attended to, this idea of Paul? Or are you the attention or the interest or the awareness? Yeah. What are you? If maybe the position of identification is, let's say, at the third point and yet it's revealed constantly from the first point if you want to call it a point then maybe you're that first point instead of what's revealing um, all these ideas about me are being revealed what's bringing about that revelation of the ideas of you I would say maybe that's what we are is what's bringing about the revelations about you yeah. You know how when people, "Oh, I just got a great hit about who I really am." What brought about that seeing of that hit about who they really were? I would say that's what we are. Yeah. Not the not what we believe is the cause and then the cause of all causes becomes an effect to us. <laughs> you know? Oh, the cause of all causes is affecting me today. <laughs> Maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm the cause of all causes. <laughs> Maybe I'm not that which can be affected. What? <laughs> if I'm not that which can be affected, then all the power I gave things to affect me may diminish. Yeah. If I had that idea, if I entertained that possibility, hey, if I'm not that which can be affected, then maybe all this all this stuff that seems to affect me, I'm not that me that's being affected. What would happen? Find out. Yeah. When traveling lighter occurs, it's indisputable. You don't need verification. You don't, you know, if you like reading books, it's fine. But you don't need books. You don't have to go somewhere to get anointed. You know, as if something happened, there's an unspoken yes it's like it's past the point of obviousness, yeah, it's indisputable. There's no moment the, that the mind could arrive to go, but yeah <laughs> there's no "but there that has a big impression. It's like a tattoo, like an ink tattoo, not these not all the henna tattoos that are produced by our situations that year all day, but it's like an ink tattoo. It makes a an impression on the mind and then the mind seeks expression here. And so it turned to me, it translates into a traveling lighter. Yeah. You know? That one I that one sense I'm not that causes what seems to be me to travel much lighter. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure everyone's doing a lot of things to promote well-being, yeah? Maybe meditation or stuff. I don't know. But a lot of us have a way of life already. This isn't like a new way of life. This is just an illuminating quality, yeah? was working with a guy yesterday in recovery and we just gave him a s- simple little idea the difference between thought, a thought and my thought yeah? really simple if you look at a thought unless there's a seeing of a thought and then when the seeing of a thought is translated into a form of looking called it's my thought yeah, the different weight of just one thought yeah The my adds so much weight to the thought, yeah, when it's coupled with it. I can hear about thoughts from someone else, and those thoughts seem to be driving them crazy, and I can be sitting right next to them, and i don't it's not contagious yeah? I don't pick it up but so I have an immunity because it's their thought, but the same thoughts lined up the exact same way happening here held as my thoughts could have a huge effect on this, yeah? I have total immunity when it's their thoughts, but if it's my thought, it seems to have a lot, a lot of weight, yeah? So obviously it's not the thought that's driving anyone crazy. It's the my of the thought, yeah? It's not a feeling that's spinning tons of stories about a life unlived. It's the my feeling that initiates that novel, yeah? It's the my reaction that produces guilt and shame. A reaction doesn't produce guilt and shame. My reaction, my action, produces guilt and shame. Yeah? The my is the activity of identification. It's the becoming the owner thereof, the proprietor. And what happens is the mind, the conditional mind, which is a vast, vast, like they say in computer stuff now, the cloud. The conditional mind has a cloud of its own, full of conditioning and old ideas and beliefs. And what happens is a thought is seen. That's the initial activity, conscious contact. A thought seen, but it's not held that way. It's held as I'm the thinker of it, or it's about me, in a sense. Yeah. As soon as that secondary position takes uh, precedence, then from here it injects meaning to that thought over the bridge of my, And so now you're accessing that cloud of selfing or the cloud of self-conditioning. And now that thought, which is just a thought arising, is injected with meaning from that. And now that attention from, oh, I'm the thinker of this, opens that thought and all this meaning comes out. Yeah? The thought would be let's say an ounce if you could weigh it my thought can be a hundred pounds yeah you don't know what's going to be downloaded you don't know what's going to be injected in that thought one day it's held as yours it's not a big deal the next day it holds as yours it can be incredibly fucking heavy provoking yeah you have to see it's not the thought it's not the feeling it's not the activity of life that's driving us crazy it's the claiming of it as being the one that's being driven crazy or the one that's doing the crazy driving. Yeah. That's the real bondage to the idea of being a self. It's not what seeing, felt, heard, taste and touch or seen as thoughts. That's not the bonding element. Those are just possibilities where the mind can claim it and inject it with meaning. And so when we're picking those fruits, some are really heavy, some are light. It's not like an orange tree where there's a little bit heavy, a little bit light. Some are really heavy, some are light. Yeah, Because it's not coming from the tree. It's coming from the conditional mind claiming it and injecting it with meaning. Interpreting a life as yours. Interpreting a body as yours. Interpreting a thought system as my thoughts. Yeah. So yesterday I shared with them, why not go to the next recovery meeting and just hold the thought that may arise and when you hear someone else seem to share about the same thoughts see how could it possibly be my thought if they have it yeah how could it be my thought if all these people have the same thoughts I must be living under a giant cloud of a specific nature called alcoholism and it's downloading thoughts feelings right behavioral activities deep mental grooves and they're seeking expression And what caused it all to be organized is the idea that it's me. Yeah? What would happen if I just took that plug of me out and just see what would happen? Maybe the same conditioning would arise, but the sense of it would be totally different. Yeah? Because you're the one that's bringing the heaviness. You are. Not heaviness is not coming to us. The heaviness is coming from mind. Not to mind, but from mind. Yeah? I found the big cog was the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. When that was, was questioned, and it, it, does, it doesn't have any real adhesion, it has to be constantly applied. That's why you have K-Paul all day playing, or K-Mike. It has to constantly be applied, because if it's not applied, it just pulls away. It's not like the whole system of self-centeredness is centered on self. But the self is not a real solid thing. It can easily drop, and then, then the system can become centered. Instead of on self, but on, 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 let's say, nothingness, which is always everywhere at all times. And then the mind is totally different when it's centered than when it's self-centered. It just sees things from a different place. Its reactions change. Thought system just gets unattended to. I mean, it doesn't hold any weight. It doesn't turn. It doesn't turn the hand on the wheel one inch left or right anymore. The l- life is just happening. It's not happening to me. Yeah? It's just happening. <laughs> I found it to be really, really, really relieving. You know, if you put it down and then a large amount of relief arises, then you know the diagnosis was correct. Simple as that. You know the problem, the seeming problem, by the solution. From the solution point, there is no problem. That's the real solution. There is no problem. But from the problem, it sure seems like there's a problem. So if the problem is seeking a solution, if the solution is ever revealed, the revelation is there is no problem. So what seems to be present is seen as inherently absent, and it only has effects when it's taken to be present. Really, it's a it's the strength of its effects is the more it's taken to be present, the less present it's taken to be, the less effect it has. Yeah, the more present, the more real, the more effect. The less real, the less effect. Yeah? Any questions today? No. It's very loud here. Eh? Sound is really cool. I'm not going to be quiet. Sound is really cool because when 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 there's listening to sound, there's not such a strong center, is there? It's not like when you're seeing. Seeing it seems like it's you. Right? It seems like the camera is located pretty clearly here, you know. So the sense of being, hey, I'm this, you know. But hearing tends to erase the s- the central position, doesn't it? It seems to wash you. It doesn't. The vision seems to come a certain way, but sound just And it's so easy to lose the false center with sound. That's why, you know, people go to waterfalls and babbling brooks. If you're just sitting there listening, you'll be erased as a central position, like a flagpole. Yeah? You won't be able to say, oh, the sound's coming from there to here. Yeah? It's not like vision's a little more constrictive. But sound is really, really uh, liberating can lose yourself in a very short period of time too you can just sit there for like five seconds and listen to something and there'll be no sense of being a located someone hearing it yeah like that quickly like it doesn't like hit you you know what I mean yeah here it seems like oh I saw that like here this sound just washes through yeah yeah Find little tricks for the mind, you know. Little ways to have a pause during the day. Okay. Hey Paul, yeah. what, what's free will? Where does that come from? Where does it come I, my only thing I say about free will is, if you feel like if you feel like you have it, exert it. <laughs> Do the next right thing. <laughs> to talk about not having it when you're having the feeling of having it all day—it's just fucking confusing to me. Yeah. But if you feel like you have it, exert it. <laughs> be a point, probably maybe you will feel like you don't have it. So it doesn't matter. But if you feel like you have it and try to not have it, it doesn't work usually. I don't see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm free-willing free about not having free will, <laughs> choosing not to, choosing <laughs> that I don't have a choice. <laughs> you have to see. If you watch selfing, it always wants to put itself somehow as relevant as either the doer or done to. it's just and. Self is never going to get out of self. Yeah, the idea of being you is never going to get out of that idea of being you. It can't. Yeah, no matter how hard it tries. That's the that's the end of the Chinese thumb puzzle. The you can never get out of being the you. I'm telling you, it just can't. And so, self can't get out of getting out. Can't self can't get out of self. So, self will think, all right, there's a point where I'm going to be out of self, but and it, it makes little fence posts, sort of like, all right, when this happens, I'll find my authentic self and I'll be out of self. But wherever the idea of you arises, that's the fence post. <laughs> the, idea, the feeling of the you, you know, when there's the taking of being the you that's arising, you're never going to be outside the fence post. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. That's the beauty of it. When this, When the attention and interest takes it all the way to the end of the system and realizes... Oh, this system is a failed system. Yeah, it's structured. It can't go anywhere. It can't go. It can't go. And then it it senses. It that's a really good uh, sample. Yeah, because that happened with me. It's you always wants to appear to be the one that's getting unused, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <Yes. laughs> so I find people are trying to. They're trying to have an experience of their own absence, but they want to be there to have it. (laughs) Which is, which, that's not. That's like, that's like forbidden territory. It's not available. (laughs) You can't have an experience of your own absence. (laughs) I like it that way because it shuts this. Because you may spend a lot of time, really. The mind will spend a lot of time, you know, uh, fighting that revelation. It will. But uh, there is no way it's going to get out of the feeling of being a you. Yeah? Yeah. See, there's... Selfing is like a production. Yeah? Selfing, the feeling of being a you, you didn't have it when you were a baby. We grew into it. Yeah? The mental process grew sufficiently enough, let's say, to produce the sense of being a, a someone... Or maybe like an organizing principle that makes sense of this place. So the selfing happens. So a lot of people will go, oh, I, I'm, I was selfing today. Yeah. So they, there's a sense that they they saw the selfing. So here the, here's the selfing, and then here's them, right? So they saw the selfing, uh, and oh, I was selfing today. But the fact is, that selfing, yeah, there's no point where it ever stands up and becomes a noun. Yeah? There's no point. It's all selfing. Yeah. And the selfing is like a process that produces a feeling of being a you, which is the product, but the product feels like it was before the process. Yeah. The process produces a feeling of being a you. When the product is in place, which most of us are in the product stage, we're not in the process stage. This is the product, the feeling of being a you. Yeah? That feeling of being a you is... Takes a historical leap backwards and says, I'm, "I'm the one that's doing the processing, the selfing, or the selfing is happening to me." Yeah, but it's the processing. This the feeling of being a you is the product of the processing. In other words, it's the result. Yeah, it's not the cause. It's the result. But the feeling of it, when you're the feeling of being a you, is that you're prior to everything. Yeah so when something's happening you were there and when it's not happening there's still a you there yeah that you are prior to things happening or not happening <coughs> that's a production that's a sense the mind's producing yeah so the self thing doesn't have it doesn't play by the rules we seem to play with time it makes something but what it makes takes the position of being before the making yeah yeah it t- it's, it, it, the feeling is that you are before the making of, of it. But you you, and the feeling of being a you is a product of mine. It's a product. The, processing, the process I call selfing, but the feeling of being a you, the sense of being a you, is the product of that process called selfing. It's not the doer of the selfing. And it's not the object that the selfing is being done to. It's actually the product of the selfing. Yeah in other words the feeling of me has been produced and so if you have that real strong being of me you're not at the beginning of the conveyor belt you're at the end of the conveyor belt you are in the dream baby <laughs> you know what i mean you have no idea what brought, what the mind did to bring this this production in place but the feeling if you're totally engaged in that feeling you are a product of the mental process yeah mind is way, way, way mind is contextual what we're taking ourselves is totally a product and content yeah? yeah. yeah. so knowing this for me it helped me because I saw the uh, I guess the mind will keep producing the sense of being a you that mental process it doesn't have to necessarily stop it can keep producing it but if you realize that if you can see the producing, the product never gets developed. Yeah? See ya bro. Yeah? When, if you see the processing, then you're, you're in a sense, immune to be taking, taking yourself to be the product. Yeah? And you are the seeing of that. You are the seeing. So there's very easily that you have the possibility of seeing that. Yeah? I needed an invitation. When I received the invitation, it was sort of like my lens opened up. So I was very, the mind was very in self-centeredness, which was a very limited view. And then when I heard this message, it clicked a couple of apertures, yeah? And then what I was taking myself to be, I saw was a mental condition. Woo! Yeah? It was pretty amazing. Because I was, you know, I was like living like this. And then suddenly I heard this message, I was listening, and suddenly my mind went, choo choo And it didn't just go, it Sort of move back, and then this appeared to be seen by that. Yeah, instead of being the seer, it was this was seen by something or nothing. That was pretty cool. Would you, would you say that then that, that was just luck, and that all a person can do is just keep exposing themselves to messages? I would say I say grace for sure. I would if you want to call it grace, I don't know what it is, but I like the term entertaining because it's a it's not like studying or practicing but entertaining a possibility because that's what worked with me, even when I got sober, I had a share the other day you mind I'll go with five minutes yeah All right I had a they were sharing about people were talking about when they uh went to AA and how they were in this terrible bottom and then, you know, finally broke and they were there. The day it happened to me was a regular day at the office. I was just trying to get loaded, yeah? I was drinking vodka, hoping some guy would come over with money so we could get some drugs. And I had no intention. I wasn't looking for any relief other than the the drug or pharmaceutical variety. Really, I'd given up on all that. And then I was just sitting there and then suddenly... Something happened in my mind. Something inserted, and that and the selfing stopped, and some information downloaded and Then that set off trains of circumstances that brought me to my first meeting the next day and i'd been clean and sober twenty four years but i had i wasn 't looking for recovery at all at that point. I had had so many bottoms I had just surrendered to the life of what I was living, really. I was just hunkering down and just trying to stay as loaded as I could until I got arrested for institutionalized or died and yet something inserted in my mind and it wasn't i wasn't hearing any message about recovery i was drinking vodka with some guy sitting watching the Audie murphy cowboy movie in a trailer in calistoga (laughs) just drinking and something happened and uh i didn't have another drink and these trains of circumstances occurred and i ended up at a meeting that night and i've been clean and sober ever since so i didn't I would say that was a an like a demonstration of the grace that I'm talking about, so you can put yourself in a position you can entertain possibilities, but there's a point where uh another w no I can explain it in another way too. I was involved with this group and they had this eight day uh therapeutic event yeah called the path of love in uh Australia and it was really good for the alcoholic that I was because it really freed a lot of emotion But they'd have these cathartic events every day. Yeah Where they put music on and everyone would start screaming or going through antics and I was there, but I I would just sit there. Yeah and I you know there was I Realized it was hopeless to try to provoke anything arising. Yeah, I just be laying there on the floor There's always people and yet something would show up. Yeah, some event would start occurring but it was obvious I had nothing to do with it because I just sat there and I wasn't going, Oh, you was know, trying to go over things to make me cry or anything, comparing myself to all these other people, demonstrating greatly. I was just sitting there. Nothing's coming. Nothing. And then suddenly, things would occur. So I'm a real believer in just putting yourself in a position to entertain a possibility and then leave it at that. Yeah? That's what I like about satsang is that the message can be repeated. Yeah? Repetition is helpful here because it's not, it's not a giant 500-page thesis that you have to study. It's just an invitation, and it's really energetic. It's not, the words don't really mean much. They just convey a meaning, just like all words are conveying mean, meanings, yeah? So we're just putting out that message three times a week because I know repetition here is like an incredible poison. So we're using a poison like an antidote. We're trying to re- repeat the invitation and then the mind, every once in a while, get a nice aha, yeah? It's like a lazy Susan. And every once in a while, the message slips in. And something happens, and the mind loosens up a little bit. And for me, the mind unfurls out of the yogic posture of self-centeredness, you know? Which is the one asana the mind's been doing for years. It's like this. It's just contracted all about me. And the message sometimes gets in, and it makes it unfurl a little. And then... There's a sense of it unfurling, yeah, and in that sense, there's an intimation of what's happening. Mind is way beyond any way it can be processed by our little modalities of conditional mind, yeah. And so for me, it's an entertaining and um, yeah, I don't know what you could do, really. I mean, people have been doing stuff for years. Some people have gone to 800 satsangs They're all over the world. They're meditating like a lot, a lot of times. Some people, it's something snaps, other people it doesn't. So it's obviously not produced by the process. The one that's entertaining the process is the dominant influence. Just like in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. So the biggest influence of a path is the one who's on the path, Yeah, I'd say. So I have no idea... But then again, it's not something that has to happen because it's already so. Yeah. If you had, if you heard this, if you heard this message, the mind can just so like if you introduce someone to a, a drop of water, it would get the sense of wetness just from that one drop. Yeah, and it could expand that one drop into the wetness of the whole ocean. Mind is like that. So the mind can just get the sense of. The possibility and that can be more than enough yeah because there are absolutes and some of the absolutes is that what you are can never become what it isn't yeah it can there can be an appearance but it can never actually become so you and I are never going to lose our innate quality of mind no matter what happens here or doesn't happen here yeah so in a sense it's very uh, freeing because if you really don't have anything you could possibly do, that's very liberating. Yeah? You can really put down the whole rock of the system of mind, and you may find out you're already that which you've been working towards entertaining. You know. Yeah? And if you don't, you're still only that, so it really doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> like, seriously. And that really flips the conditional mind out because its whole drive is relevance. When it's shown to have absolutely no effect, that's its that's its that's its death knell, that's its death uh, toll right there. Because it wants relevance, it wants to have, it wants to be able to affect and be affected. Yeah. When it has nothing to do what, with what it truly is, it's wonderful. in